Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Robcast. It is episode 294, and we are outdoors in the front yard. I am not alone. We're going to get to that in a minute. But first, Rob Bell writing class is happening in a couple of weeks. I've never done a writing class, so I'm going to do a live online writing class. And uh, I was trying to think of a clever name. And it really took a lot of work, but I came up with Rob Bell writing class because that felt like, you know what I'm saying? That is just magic in that. And um, so I'm reviewing it multiple times live online. You can register at the site and all that. And what I'm going to do is I have, uh, I made a stack of the 11 books I've written, and it's a story about the writing of each of those. And not like a, oh, it was just so awesome and easy, but like, how it came together. So those of you who are writers and like writer's block, frustration, trying to come up with structure, all the stuff that makes you like driven to complete madness, this is a class about that experience and how to keep going and how to actually find some sort of flow. So stories, insights, tips, techniques, all that. I've never done this before and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So. Rob Bell writing class, all that stuff. But now, let's talk about the front yard because Don Golden is here. Don, welcome. Rob Bell, good to be here. This episode, Don was here a year ago. It was called Building a New House. Yes. And it was like a report and an invitation. And we were just talking recently, and it was like, I was so overwhelmed with Robcast, people need to know that. And here's one of the reasons why People need to know what happened after you were on the Robcast last time. Because there's an election in two days, and the ground is a little wobbly under everybody's feet right now. Mm. What exactly is going to go down? And so I was actually going to do something about the past couple of weeks about the election. But when you and I started talking, I was like, this is what to talk about. Mm. The mm. good things that people are doing around the world. Yeah. In the moment when you're like, what happens if the structures collapse? What happens if there's four more years? What happens if one of the most powerful things to me is a giant reminder, and Kristen and I have talked about this endlessly, of all the people doing interesting, new, innovative, helpful things around the world that will continue to do those things. Yes. Like that's, in some ways, that's what the heart needs. Mm right now right on so you came we've been friends forevers. we met in africa Fresh. we wrote a Fresh. book together about <laughs> terrorism and exodus and, and air puffers and rubber a gloves. couple of other things <laughs> air puffers and rubber gloves don golden is a legend in my life and then a year ago we do an episode in our backyard not the yep. front yard yep where you just tell me what you're up to, like if we'd just gotten together to talk, but we just decided to record it. Right. You told people what you're doing, and then made let's the just mistake go. of giving you my email address. You handed out your email <laughs> on the Robcast, <laughs> and something happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I'm really excited to be back and to uh, to tell you what happened because you know we talked about economics. We talked about doing good in the world through, uh, through business solutions. 
um, to, to problems, and people just responded amazingly. I mean, I, I checked my uh, calendar and I had, when we talked, 148 entries. That's just the first phone call. That's the only the ones that made it into my calendar. There are many others that I just picked up on the fly. So well over 200 people I had at least one conversation with, but many, I had many conversations with. Some are now dear friends. One, one is a business partner. Uh, and, you know, 2020, I don't know if you noticed, but some things have gone down <laughs> in 2020. And, yes. and talking to this interesting group of people, um, I have, I've done some public speaking. I've, I've uh, put myself out in front of people before. And what, I, what I've learned is that you always have three types of people when you speak. You have the haters, the indifferent, and the believers. And you kind of have to push through the haters and not let them kill your spirit. This was just all believers. This is just people calling who, who have something going on in their lives, questions or uh, intentions they want to set or things that they're already doing that they want to share. And it's just been really magical. And so I want to I tell you about some of them, about some of the things that I've learned. And so I thought it would just be cool to yeah, have another conversation, yeah. kind of a 2.0. And, and it's also this interesting thing. Like anywhere in the world I go, people are looking for a new tribe. Mm. How many people came up through a tribe? Now they've seen something they can't unsee. They've tasted and they can't untaste. They can't go back. Right. And... Often with that comes a certain ache, a certain loneliness mm. of, I can't do that thing. I was taught how the world works, but I, now I've realized it, it works slightly differently. And mm. once it's out of the box, you can't jam it back in the box. Right. Um, and I've noticed how many people are like, I just love a couple of people to walk with. Mm. Or the number of people who have said, I live in fill in the blank of geographic area, um, and I would just love like one person mm, yes. who is on the same, listening to the same station. Yes, for sure. For and sure. I was so struck when you called me the other day with how many people, just from what you're doing, like found some people to walk with. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so tell me. So, well, um, so sort of like putting in a pattern, um, what I saw is that people are kind of at one of three stages. They're, they're in the contemplative stage. They're, they're sort of going inward. Uh, they're in the intention setting stage. They're, they're I know who I am and, and here's what I wanna do. They're ready to take a risk, they're ready to name it. And then there are others that are in the manifestation phase. You know, it's, the, the universe is conspiring to support uh, what they're doing. Yeah. And they want others to join or they just want to share about it. Um, I would also say that this is not all about, you know, rainbows and unicorns. This is, <laughs> these are difficult times. And so a lot of this is right, right. people right. struggling to truly find who they are and then have the courage to, to go about it and, and, and manifest it. Um, so I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of one. This is one actual letter, and I can use this guy's name because he is now a business partner because he has so deeply enriched my life. Uh, his name's P.J. Conley. Dear Don, my name is P.J. Conley, and I am a 
current student at Bard College's MBA in Sustainability, which I learned that Bard is this amazing college in New York. Uh, and their sustainability program is really committed to a new economy. And he's studying regenerative bioregional economies, um, a kind of sort of reestablishing the commons through a, a sort of new generative agriculture. And he, he says um, he's been struggling lately to find his direction, his place in the world. And what I'm really looking for is community, which is what you just mentioned a moment ago. Um, looking for guidance and direction in the forms that the Bible often references and a clear path to using my interests and skills to help others. Now, uh, here, here's, a, here's an interesting pattern. I've heard uh, through people now and an effect that you've had on people uh, over the years, and that is after two and a half years as a credit analyst and making a good living, I ended up quitting and doing landscaping for a year in no small part due to the teachings and meditations of Rob Bell. <laughs> so you've, you've saved one another from, from you've saved another from a, a steady income and, and good health care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes when I speak, when I'm out, I'll just say, I just want you all to know that uh, people coming to my stuff and then quitting their jobs my batting average is getting better. So well, you're welcome yes, in you're advance. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, but and this I, was interesting. He was in finance. Yes. Like I assume nine to five or six to six or whatever it is. And you wear a nice outfit and you sit in an office and you work. And then he was like, this is some, I assume killing his soul somehow. Hmm. So he goes and does landscaping. Right. Yeah. And now he's in this master's in business administration program in sustainability. And he, so he, so he sends that email. I took every single email very seriously. Like, you know, this is a divine son writing to me. I'm going to speak to them. Daughter. Well, this was a son. Yeah. He's a son. Oh, yeah. He's, he identifies male. So yeah. I, uh, uh, so I, but I treated everyone this way. And I don't always do that. That's another lesson I learned. Like, why don't I do that? I should do that. But as a result, I... Mm. You know, I, I was already starting, I already had a consultancy, which wasn't doing too badly, but I wanted to expand it. And just the interactions and the idea of sustainability and that businesses can change. A business can go from just making money to having a deep purpose and, uh, and giving back to the planet more than they take. And that's technically what's now called sustainability. And so, you know, we added that to my consultancy and he joined and then he brought Kiana Caldwell, uh, one of his uh, partners who lives in Brooklyn. So he's now uh, a partner with me as a result of quitting his job, becoming a landscaper, listening to Rob Bell and then thinking about what he wants to do. And that sort of, um, you know, inward journey uh, is common to so many people, even those who, you know, have sort of in the manifestation phase, they're, they're rocking it they're seeing something come about um they're either you know at a at a turning point or they're just grateful and want to stay stay tapped in uh, can we talk about the pattern for a second let's talk about it's it. really interesting to me your identification of a pattern of like contemplation meditation followed by intention intention mm -hmm. and then manifestation is interesting it's like the old thing collapses mm. it doesn't work right and it's so interesting how often the old thing was an authority or power structure 
in which somebody had the position of legitimacy and they had the magic. Mm. They had the information. They were the one who told you whether your thing was legit or not. Mm. But mm. then you grew up and realized they don't have any magic that you don't have. Right. It's right. literally like Moses. Like they're no longer standing at a distance from the mountain. Mm. But they realize mm. whatever he can get up on the mountain, I can get up on the mountain. Right, right. Like growing up is realizing your own deep knowing. Mm. But that then, like I said, contemplation, it's almost like you've got to clear out all the static from the old thing and find it within yourself, which requires time in the desert, space, exactly. listening. But if you listen, you're going to hear things. Right. Well, you, you know, so last time we talked about the pattern that is at the heart of our book, Jesus Wants to Save Christians. And that pattern, which is sort of oppression to liberation to calling and mission to power and privilege, and then the choice of what you do with that power and privilege, and the Babylonian exile if you use your privilege for yourself. So that, but I think, I think that that pattern is actually reduced to something simpler in the biblical narrative, Genesis 1-2, the, the spirit of the Lord hovering over the waters of chaos. I think the pattern is entropy in Genesis, that life has the force of a collapsing star, entropy, death, and it has out of that the force of creative heat and light that is Genesis. And that is the pattern that everybody's in. The only difference with these Robcast folks is that they're really tuned into it. And, one, and why this is so important to the economy is it was actually 50 years ago, two months ago, that Milton Friedman wrote his famous artic article uh, about the sole purpose of business is to make a profit for shareholders. And it really sort of sacralized greed as the religion of America. Yeah. And that has begun to be unseated. In 2018, the business roundtable, the CEOs of all the big companies met and said, Milton Friedman, no, we, we cannot say that anymore. We, we can't say that the sole purpose of business is profit for the shareholder. Uh, then the following year, actually the beginning of this year, um, black BlackRock, the largest investment company in the world, uh, Larry Fink, his annual letter literally defines what business schools will study. His annual letter was called uh, A Fundamental Reshaping of Finance. And he's basically saying, if we have $7 trillion that we're investing, if we're invested in you and you don't disclose your sustainability, i.e. if you don't hire somebody like PJ to come in and look at your, your sustainability footprint, uh, we will disinvest, we will divest from you. That's, that's big. So what, what I'm saying is, if you remove the idol of uh, shareholder profit or profit maximization from the center of, it's very clear, when making money is the thing you do, then you, that's what you do, and it's a very clear driver. When you remove it, what do you put in place? And that's where contemplation, that process, contemplation, intent. Yeah. what's the purpose? Why am I doing this? What, what motivates me? How, you know, what, why should I care? And that, that is where, you know, this sort of new age, this new... In, so I, I think what we're at right now is we're asking the question, what is the spirit of the new economy? I think that's where yeah. we are today. It's interesting how um, the COVID pandemic exposed the addiction to how the stock market is doing. Because mm. it was like, we have to get everybody back to work. We have to reopen so that 
this one index can go back up mm. as if that's the sole way that you measure an economy. And I thought it was so so heartbreaking and tragic and idiotic when, like, what, four days into the first round of lockdowns, you had a panic that we were headed towards the great Depre- the greatest depression ever. And, and, and Kirsten and Trace and I are always talking. If it takes, like, four days for the greatest economy in the world wow. to be headed for the Great Depression, a, another Great Depression, with? that's not a great economy. Mm. And mm. if it's just, we need to reopen so that one number can go back up, that is such a an impoverished, narrow understanding right. Right. of how the house, which is where we get this word economy, is actually arranged. Yeah. And I love, because you can see the expansion of consciousness it's not enough to make money. You need to be good. Mm-hmm. Good for the earth. Mm. Good for your employees. Good. It, it needs to be good all the way around. Exactly. Which exactly. is how the universe has been expanding for 13 billion years. So the expansion of consciousness should continue going to as expand well. Expand right along with it. You mentioned the stock market. Let me tell you about another another uh, Rob Caster. Actually, this is I don't know her name, but uh, a woman sent the episode to her brother who she knew was struggling and he is a he was a Goldman Sachs guy who was successful Wall Street guy who it was not delivering for him it was delivering the money and the things but it was not delivering the soul stuff and he had to get out of it and he moved to Africa and he's devoted the last 10 years to building something a company called smart money Uh, I'm now a I'm now an active participant with this company, (laughs) Smart Money. I love it. Uh, And, you know, I spent years with World Relief, one of the top aid agencies in the world, and they do tremendous health mobilization. You know, taking, they'll they'll find out that women are dying in childbirth and that children are dying under five, and they'll find out the five or six uh, preventable reasons for that. But you can't just go with a loudspeaker in a village and say, you know, drain the water or do these five things. So... You have to you have to build a whole alternate social structure to socialize those messages. He has done that in the arena of rural banking and payments. So he he has created this. So smart money on one level is just a uh, a fintech company for Africa's rural unbanked. But uh, so you can have a phone and you can save money through your phone and you can pay for things through your phone for for Africans living in rural communities unbanked the unbanked yeah and and that's by the way Amazing. a fintech like like Eldorado to be able cuz there's 750 million customers if you can find a way to cheaply bank r- Africa's rural unbanked yeah and he's he has he spent 10 years on the ground but the way he did it was by building these social structures. And, you know, he has delved the depths. He's forgotten more about Wall Street than I will ever learn. And yet he's built this company called Smart Money. And so I'm now out with him helping pitch it to, to funders. And, you know, and I'm other Robcast listeners, I'm able to say, hey, you know, and actually I vetted it. You know, how do I know that it has legs? So I connected to another Robcast listener who's, who knows how to read finance and, you know, got them involved in helping sort of triangulate that this is solid. This is, this is the real deal, smart money. So that's Michael Spencer, Goldman Sachs, 
now rural banking, fintech in Uganda. It's fascinating. <laughs> and this is what you do all day is you meet these people who have oftentimes cooked up things from scratch to try and meet a need yes or make a community yeah. better yeah and that i mean that is the that is where I, where i think we are now that people are tiring of charity we'll always need charity i'm not here to to diss charity but all the charitable dollars in the world of all forms is only about six parts of 200 of the economy you're not going to change the world through charity and charity is about you you know, the economy is about us. It's about wait, wait, wait. We say, do. say it again. Uh, it's about you. Well, charity, you know, you poor, I'm sorry, wow. You know, you're, it's unfortunate that you're in this situation. Economy gets closer to justice, and justice is about us, finding out what belongs to whom and giving it back to them, Walter Brueggemann's definition of justice. Justice and is finding out what, what belongs to whom and giving it back to them. And the economy, the household, a restored place that we can all live, that's much closer to justice. Charity is a thing, you know, I, I can't, I don't even want to say on air what Nietzsche called it, but it was a form of, let's just say, self-pleasuring that he called charity because it was all about how I get off and feel about myself when I express myself charitably. And he, he was super harsh on it because you're, it ought to be about everybody being able to take care of themselves and find their, their place in the oikos. The, you know, this has always fascinated me how justice, like in the Hebrew scriptures, all the way through the Bible, justice just comes up again and again and again. And mm. for most modern folks, justice means they're going to they're gonna do prison time for what they did. Mm. Justice is they're going to get what they deserve. Right. Mm -hmm. As opposed to this ancient, much more holistic yeah, concept of justice, of justice from Hebrew consciousness, which mm -hmm. is an abundance that the earth can provide, Mm. And we can organize structures that can provide whatever is needed. There's right. enough for everybody. Right. And if everybody isn't getting whatever they need, somebody somewhere is holding it up. Yeah, that's right. The earth can provide enough food. Human beings can organize themselves for the administering of law or justice. Like, this can all be done. Mm. And if it's not, it's not because there isn't enough. It's because somebody's greed, power, exploitation, or oppression. Exactly. Uh, let me read a couple more. Yes. All right. I, so, I love it. You have like three by five cards. Yeah, yeah. I love it. <clears throat> so this is one definitely in the sort of the manifestation phase. This yeah. is Daniel Robards reached out to me from Amman, Jordan, where he's been there for 20 years. And he has started a business called Tolua Aquaponics. Yes. I know him. Seriously. Yeah. All right. All right. I love this guy. Oh, awesome. Wow. I, I, so, this he, is fun. You know, he must have so many like cool friends he didn't even mention. Or maybe he mentioned I forgot, but so you may already know, but uh, I, I, I mean, I've heard about aquaponics, but using fish to supply nutrients to plants, 90% uh, less water, 10 to 30 times more yield, no pesticides, no toxic fertilizers, and a company that is creating jobs, empowering communities, and regenerating the earth in one of the most barren and rigid farming locations in the world and he's making money and inviting investors to join Tulua Aquaponics. That's beautiful. See, this is the kind of, shout out to Daniel, <laughs> this is the kind of person that I always, always want everybody to know how many people are out there mm. doing whatever you're seeing in the news. The actual most interesting stuff doesn't get headlines. 
Hmm. But it's actually the stuff that is the stuff. Right. So so he, he and his company, he picks an area which hmm. is super dry, not friendly at all to agriculture, and says, we're going to do it here. And then comes up with something new, which I assume has all sorts of ancient elements that is reintegrated. And it works for everybody. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See, so uh, fascinating. Now, this one's fascinating. So, Asunta Pilandiram. Asunta Pilandiram. She's 92 years old, and she lives in Sri Lanka. And she's been following you for a long time, pre-podcast. Really? And her daughter, That's my people, Kristen Bell. Her That's daughter, my people. Shamila, who lives in Sydney, is a entrepreneur, a social entrepreneur. And she sends the episode of our, our conversation about the new economy to her, her daughter, Shamila, who is starting a business called Restorative Way LLC based in Nashville. They do online schools training to recognize trauma resolve conflict and uh, address challenging behavior. They have a, they have a highly sensitive uh, staff of people that do this online training for schools to uh, mediate conflict. And her and her team contacted me and said, let's talk. And so this was just three weeks ago. I met uh, Shamila, I heard about Asunta, her mother, her mother, who's By 92 way, years old, who now they she re, she they can't get a copy of everything is spiritual to her because of the mail. There's a there's oh. there's some inter-religious conflict in Sri Lanka, and anything that's remotely Christian or spiritual is confiscated. So every night they talk on the phone, and she's reading everything Seriously. is spiritual. To Asunta in Sri Lanka. Come on. Come on. Yeah? I mean, yeah, that, I don't even, yeah. I mean, you had me at, is it Shamila? Shamila is, is the daughter. I mean, but think about it. Think about In Sh Sydney. Like uh, Shamila, your 92-year-old mom keeps sending you podcasts. <laughs> like, think about that planet. Exactly. That we are living on, yes. that that happens. Yes. Oh, my word. Mm. That's that moves yeah. me more than I could. Yeah. So restorative way, say. my team, uh, the, are we're in dialogue with sort of how can we help you? How can we help you craft this business concept and get it funded and and get this business going? So, um, a guy that I knew from you know sort of a long time ago, uh, his he reached out to me and said his dad, uh, Dan Murnane, is has started a company called Hodai Technology. Now, this was in the before times. This is last year, you know, before everything changed with COVID. But he had started a telepresence uh, tech company, telepresence, being able to be somewhere through electronic communications, but to be there very presently without hiccups to the system so that you can do education of surgeons, etc. This is assisted augmented reality with Google using Google Glass. Uh, and it's really about remote real-time learning and medical expertise overcoming healthcare inequalities. And he ah, had started this company. Uh, they he reached out to me. I know this family. As a result of them, I found out that my mentor died uh, in the summer. Uh, Neil N N Neil McFarland in Wheeling, West Virginia. And so I met. Dan, 
at a socially distanced funeral of a very dearly beloved friend in the middle of these discussions about Hodai technology. And so just that community, that sense of sharing, the blessing that it was for me, I probably wouldn't have gone to that funeral of a very you know, dear friend had I not had Dan not reached out. So that's really cool. That's also interesting. Um, like even being with you in Africa and in settings where it's like, yeah, it'd be great to be able to get people surgery and help, mm. but there needs to be training. And that means someone here goes to some first world setting, which is insanely expensive. Right. Or you come here. And so that company is how do you train people where they're at instantly now? Yes. Right. Yeah, that's really groundbreaking. Yeah, and that's that's a, a strong theme through all of these is that, you know, technology is pushing the envelope. It's going outward. Yeah. And this yeah. new economy, there, there is a... There's a convergence of new technology and a new, in the spirit of the new economy. Another person in that same sort of line is uh, Heather Nelson. Now, Heather Nelson is Chuck Swindoll's granddaughter, which blew my mind. Chuck Swindoll, this famous uh, radio preacher oh, yeah, from years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. When I was when I was in eighth grade, my parents sent me to a Christian school that was like 45 minutes away, and my and I had to ride with an upperclassman, this senior, and she listened. This will tell you what kind of school I was going to. She listened to Chuck Swindoll every morning on the way to school when I was in That's seventh grade. Serious. Exactly. It was a serious commitment. But Chuck Swindoll's <laughs> granddaughter, Heather Nelson, is the founder and CEO of Chesed Wellness. Chesed, a little shout sure. out there for some, some, some love. Outpatient mental health and wellness for the underinsured and a living wage for health workers. Now, that's an awesome, you know, to, to have access to yeah. mental health counseling when you are underinsured and then to give that service without having to also have a side gig, but to have a living wage. And uh, she is rocking it. I mean, um, it's expanding. They're, COVID, they've done free sessions for COVID workers. They've tripled their client services out in rural areas and they're expanding from Colorado into other states. So, you know, this is the combination of, I want to build a business. I got to make money. I got to, uh, you know, thrive. And yet I want to do it through something and as a means, a purposeful means mission. to help others. As a mission. Right. mission. Exactly. Yeah. See, Don, this is really helping me because I've, I've gotten the extraordinary opportunity to go around and meet all these interesting people. And so when I talk to somebody who has questions that have an undertone of despair or futility, are things getting worse? What about the government? Um, is the whole thing headed off a cliff? I, I have had this perspective of interacting with so many interesting people who were doing the exact kind of things that actually changed the world. So I've often wanted to say, like, the person will be asking one of those questions that has that undertone question of, are we going to be okay, or is this thing really collapse? But it's hard to communicate to somebody, God, I just wish you could meet some of the people I've met. Mm. Mm. Then it, it's there the answer to your question. But Rob, it's, I mean, you, you dedicated your life to teaching a book and to making that book available <laughs> and accessible and uncovering it from all the it's layers. Hear you summarize it like that. <laughs> well, I mean, I've, I think I might have even heard you say that. I don't know how you summarize it now. But 
part of the problem with the Bible, and, and this happens a lot, that I didn't know the Bible said that or I would have read it. Yeah, you know? right. Like the, the, ancient, the ancient wisdom, the sensitivity about what matters, you know, going back to that, to that pattern of entropy and genesis, that we're all going through these stages and to be able to, you know, so, so that... Well, what's interesting about... Well, I, I, I have to say one thing about that because what's fascinating about the people that you are talking about is the issues that they are dealing with are all of the most pressing issues that are in the air right now. Mm. Globalization, healthcare, income inequality, innovation, technology. Mm. It's just people who have jumped into it and been like, there's some goodness in here somewhere. At the mm. exact moment when so many people are like, my phone is making me crazy, social media is kind of insane at times. Right. What? what you are talking about as people who have taken the exact same challenges and gone, there's something good stirring in these waters. Exactly. Yeah. Let's find it. Yes. And let's follow it and figure out how to bless some people with it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, did, when you were when you got out of college, did you like scrape up a little bit of money and buy a ticket to Europe and get on a train and travel around, do the whole? Europe Halfway through college, thing. I did that. Five dollars a day. Five dollars a day. Sixty-three days. All right. So here's another guy. Awesome. He's now a friend and a business partner. Uh, his name's Chris Hill in New Zealand. He has a company called Impact Destinations. So you're talking about five dollars a day traveling around Europe. That is not what Chris <laughs> Hill does. Chris Hill runs a sustainable luxury travel company. So if you want to do if you want to do Italy, for example, with Chris Hill, your day might just involve uh, a private cooking lesson with a Michelin cook. It could end with uh, dinner on the Ponte Vecchio in Florence. Uh, and earlier in that week, you might have just raced your own Ferrari F430. And that can all be yours for just... $110,000 per person. That's what Chris Hill does. He puts together the highest of high-end... What is your interest in such things? Yeah, well, you'd think, but it's in impact destinations. He's t Every trip he does, for example, he, he does this amazing trip to Indonesia, and then he takes people to see the orangutans that are about to be extinct. And he's like, okay, you just threw down this kind of cash on your good time, what can you do to save this animal? And they pony up. That is this guy's calling. And, you know... So he takes the super, 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 super rich, like yeah, 0.001%. Okay. And, and let, me, let me just step into the Rob Bell situation here, because there was almost a little judgment about the rich man. But let me just tell you... Oh, back, no, no, I was starting to get it. It's taking me a second say, to get it. In, in, our, in the book, <laughs> in the pattern, God gives us Jerusalem. You know, power and privilege... Nowadays, it's hard to talk about privilege, you know, with a sure. straight face. But God gives power and privilege for one reason, that you will uphold justice, that is, finding out what belongs to whom and give it back to them, and righteousness, that is, rightly yeah. oriented social arrangements. So I'm, I'm just giving you a little hard time there. But, but no. I can tell you that... Right, right, I got you. ...that it is not easy to, to accept... Um, I think the question of what is your relationship with money is an important one that 
I would say it was something of a hang-up for a number of people. Uh, re relationship to capitalism, uh, relationship with money. Are you, can you value yourself having money? Are you worth the money you need? You know, that's something that you have to heal. And that's part of that, that contemplation. There are a lot of conflicted people. I want to go do good, but I hate money. You know, that, that's, that's not, that, that's a divided yeah. heart. And can, and I think part of, the, part, I think part of the value of the, of the pattern in the ancient text, which since our time together, I really started focusing on the life of Joseph. Because I think, I think that entire pattern of, of entropy in Genesis is sort of most acutely uh, exemplified in his life. You know, he's at the bottom of a well. For, well, he starts with the, the badass coat that right. Andrew Lloyd Webber Blessing is going to write. Of the a, father. Right, right. He's going to write a musical about someday. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds himself thrown into a well because his brothers think he's arrogant. Uh, you know, then he comes out. He finds himself in, in a wealthy man's home in, in Egypt. And he ends up becoming basically the agricultural minister, the most powerful man in Egypt. You know, the... the the most striking thing, and maybe this is an aside, but I think the social justice warriors today, which I consider myself one, need to study the life of Joseph because it ends with him, with this text saying, Joseph collected all the money. You know, he built up this agricultural uh, monopoly, basically, and he collected all the money, and then he collected all their livestock. And then the people say, in payment for grain, uh, there is nothing we have left except our bodies and our land. And then the, the, the verse says, Joseph reduced the people to bondage. So the, the one yeah. who's liberated, the, the, the one who is, builds the structure of his own bondage. And that, I think, I think we see that today in, this, in our current social justice movements, there's so much anger because people aren't doing what the people we're talking about here are doing, which is that deep heart work of contemplation, finding that healing, finding a freedom from bitterness, and then using that energy to create something new. Well, that's what I, is it Chris Hill? Chris Hill. What I love about Chris Hill is this big, buoyant, to those folks, you have these incredible resources. Mm. Let me show you the good you could do in the world. Yeah. So I'm going to meet you in your world. Fine. Yeah. Good. Okay, got it. Now, let me look. What's behind this door? Yeah. Uh, so actually next yeah. week we have a call with Chris with a uh, partner in uh, Cambodia, and we're going to be talking about the uh, endangered gibbon and, and how people can come. They can see... Uh, you know, all, all the Angkor Wat, one of the great wonders of the you world in, in Cambodia. Yeah. And then um, go to this camp that's focused on uh, Gibbon run by our friends at World Hope International and um, Do some get good. something going. Do some yeah. good. So Chris Hill, awesome. Man, oh man. So what? So there's some sort of Don Golden invitation in all this to everybody. Uh, yeah, for sure. Cook, so, for sure. So, dream, so, cook something up here. Dream, dream for mm. us. What's what's an invitation for people? Yeah. So, you know what what I I mentioned this before. People are looking for community, 
And the reason I keep talking about Joseph and, and this pattern is when you're on top, if, if during COVID right now, if we have what we need, it's one thing. But there are a lot of people falling under the cracks right now that, yeah. that don't have what they need. Yeah. And, you know, everyone is on this, everyone is on a journey. And some of us find our way. And when we find our way, it's an even more exciting adventure when our way becomes the way that helps others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, not, not everyone can make that transition. Uh, so what I found is in the world and in your community, there's an incredible hunger and this sort of uh, mosaic of people. Some, you know, very well-resourced. I had, I had probably six people call and, you know, during our calls to say, hey, I've got, I've got 10 grand here. What can you do with it? You know, and, and the things that I happen to be connected with, you have to have 25 or 50 as sort of $50,000 as a starting point. So I couldn't. Whoa. But I thought at the end of this, I thought, why not get those six people together and buy a share of TrailGuard, for example, that this uh, technology that's working on, you know, that's helping to save uh, iconic mammals in Africa, something like that. So, you know, our company, which has which I was already starting, Just Capital Quotient, now involves one and then through him another partner that has come through this community. Uh, we want to be a way that these people can find each other. You know, we, we, we want, I want you to go to our website. I want, I want to speak to more people. And I want to make these connections happen. And to see the, the needle moved on some of these challenges, to see more people, uh, you know, that space of contemplation to intention. There comes a point when you gotta, you need a little less contemplation, a little more action, please. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you gotta, you gotta yeah. take a step. And that's taking a risk. And it can be embarrassing. I want to go do this thing. And you set out to do it. And what if it fails? But that is part of the process. And by finding community, finding one another, uh, we encourage one another. We, you know, there, there are actually a lot of, there are people with resources that don't know where to direct them. And so they need to meet some of these people that are doing some of these amazing, amazing yeah. things. Yeah. And so yeah. to make those connections and to sort of uh, almost crowdsource some good and right. to give more things for people to get involved with, to use their skills, their resources, that's what I want to be about. Yeah. So are you handing out your email again? Well, this time I, I, learned, <laughs> that, I learned that it's setting up each of those calls. You know, hey, can you do what well, this? That's right. Uh, so now it's all automated. If you go to justcapitalquotient.com, a little uh, there will be a, a, a sort of a, a pop up. You can and you can access my calendar. And Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, I'm devoting for the, the next while to talking with people. And then you know our team. We're now four, five people who can help sort of shepherd some of these conversations and to make real connections. So so. Obviously, people with money who are like, okay, how could this money do some good in the world? But people with Let me give skill, you four, talent, experience, yeah, and the four, ideas to do something who need somebody who can help resource it. 
Yeah. So four, four, sort sorts of of four categories. Yeah. One are businesses, and the, you this might be sort of startup social businesses that we want to know about. Yeah. A lot of people think I have like a big checkbook, so I want to make that clear that that there are people in our networks that have resources, but I'm not a, you know, I'm not the investor dude, believe me. Rob laughs. Rob is laughing. No, because you and I have always been bonded by this. If we had it, we would have given it away exactly. by now. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but but I want to know about the, the business opportunities. I want to just, it's so encouraging. And then there might be somebody else that I just talked with that yeah. that is an investor in that yeah. particular space. Um, but, but also the businesses that, I don't, do you know the movie um, No Country for Old Men? Yep. There's an awesome scene in which Tommy Lee Jones tells about a dream he had in which his father rides past him on a horse, and he says it's in the olden times, and he's carrying fire in a horn like they used to do. And I didn't really know they used to do that, but he <laughs> says that in such a convincing Tommy Lee Jones way. And I knew that he would be, that, that he was going forward into the darkness and that he would be there when I got there. And this idea of creating something in this life that is a legacy that brings light and warmth, that to me is what business people do. You know, people like me that have worked in NGOs, we sort of feed off the people that are making the money. But the people that are making the money are starting these fires. And so if you have a business, lean now into the purpose of that business. And, and that's actually one of the people that... Uh, one of the guys that contacted me, his name is Charlie Myers, and the CEO of, a, of a, a holding company called Threefold in Indianapolis. They they buy companies, they make them better, and and then they this particular holding company stays involved, and that's how he's become a very successful businessman. But when he heard this conversation, he's like, "I want to do more," you know. I he, and he said, "You know what? The way I view it is that I grow people." This company grows people. And so if you're a business and you want to grow people and you want to, you want to shift and lean into your business, we want to help you. Contact us. Um, investors, definitely. You know, the, the wealth in America is held by a small—I mean, the real wealth, the big wealth is held by a small group of people. And where, where are our militant millionaires, you know? Where are our, the, the ones on the good side who— not, not like Osama bin Laden was a militant millionaire, but the, the wealthy folks that really want to take this adventure forward. And so we want to hear from investors, we want to hear from business leaders. Philanthropists are increasingly thinking about impact investing. How do I use this money, even giving it philanthropically, but to start business solutions to social and environmental problems? We want to, we want to talk with you. And then that last category is about collaboration. You just want to talk about this. You want to find out how your skills can engage. I don't know, but let's talk and let's find out and let's see what, what emerges. Man, oh man, uh, oh man. And here's one. I got, I, I got to throw in one more. This is a woman who attended Mars Hill by oh, Bible yeah. Church years ago. There we go. Her name is Beth Spayman. You know her. Uh, Beth's husband sold his aerospace manufacturing company. They bought an, moved out to California, bought another company. It was very successful. They sold it to a Middle Eastern company. And they packed up and moved to Belize, where they have taken an interest in the specialty luxury chocolate bean called the Criollo bean. They bought 700 acres, and they are 
dedicated to what she calls agriculture, agriculture that is agreeable with the land, and helping Belize increase its quality of export and to building a business. And us and other Robcast folks are engaged in helping her think that through. And if we end up having to have a business meeting in Belize, that's only a benefit. <laughs> See, God, people are so inspiring. You've always been wildly inspiring to me. And then you're like a, like a center of gravity for it. It's so the spirit exciting. of the new economy. We need, you know, the, the planet's going to be okay. It's going to be here. It's this thin uh, layer that, uh, of, of, of biology that lives around this planet that's uh, questionable, yeah. you know? And we're at an inflection point. This, those of us alive right now are making choices that will determine whether that uh, ephemeral little biosphere yeah. that keeps us all alive is sustained into the future. You know, we're, we're the only organism that can participate in our own evolution. And we could do that for another million years or several million years. We could grow a fourth brain that's all about love, you know. But we got to stay around. You know, we have to live. And that is about a new economy. Yeah. 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 And the people listening to you have the energy, the money, the talent, uh, and the, the spirit of this new economy. And so I, I'm eager to devote myself again to those listeners, but I, I want to turn it into, for myself, a profitable consultancy at Just Capital Quotient. And who knows what their thing is that can become part of this, uh, this new economy that we're responsible to build. Just Capital Quotient. Quotient dot com. Com. Yeah, and uh, a pop-up will be there about the Robcast. I, this time I also, you know, I want to get the information first so I can come into a call that's already set up on my calendar and know a little bit about who it is. But we'll have a, we'll have a serious conversation, and it may be the beginning of, of many. And uh, for me, it's been, it has been uh, life-infusing during this really bizarre 2020 is to have this steady uh, uh, fellowship now, actually, community with, with new folks and then new people. Yeah. I had somebody reach out to me today, just today. It's been 11 and a half months. Somebody emailed me today from Since the, the Robcast, episode aired. From the, yeah, 11 months ago. And, so and just saying the same thing, all this energy, all this excitement, uh, and, an, and an idea. And so uh, this time I can send them the website. It'll, it'll be on my calendar, and we, we can talk. I'm so glad we met <laughs> in the back of a 4x4. Indeed. At the Kigali Airport. Exactly. In yes. 2000, whatever it was. 2002. It's been 18 years, Rob. 18 years. I'm telling you, uh, as, as said in our home on a regular basis, I don't even think you've reached your final form. <laughs> like a good superhero you're yeah. you're still peaking <laughs> uh, I'm, um i'm so behind you Kristen yeah. and i the mm. bell dolphin pod so behind you it's awesome and i'm thinking i mean I, this for me it's very personal because when i started out in this i was trained as a pastor which was spiritual things then there was this whole world of business people and people in law and people in politics. Everything was split. 
You know what I mean? You yeah. just talk about that stuff, son. Yeah. And right. then these other people over here, they're experts in that. Right. And I, right away in my 20s, I was like, no, all that stuff has a depth to it. Mm. And in the world that I came up in, the people who made all the money, then they lobbed it back over the wall into quote-unquote spiritual world. Right, right. Which, it it, it was it was so about some other heaven realm that it didn't have much to do with the earth. Um, Muhammad Yunus, I, I can't yeah, remember yeah. if I mentioned this before. Yeah, the microfinance he, pioneer. Yes. His, in his last book, the first sentence is, we are leaving behind us a civilization that is not sustainable. Yeah. You know, this, this is a matter of urgency. It's right, a, we, right, we, right. We face right now climate change and wealth inequality. Well, wealth inequality now at the levels very close to what we saw in 1928. And that's pretty ominous. Yes. And so, so this moment, uh, th this is exciting. This is life-giving. But the the, uh, the consequences are really significant Absolutely. at this moment. And I remember, I'm realizing now something within me was like, I, I want to help heal that split. Mm. And that all the people with tech backgrounds and engineering and innovation in their bones... Everything is spiritual. It, it like really that's, is. It really that's is. That's all to participate in a new ordering of creation. Mm -hmm. And just you telling me about all these people that are meeting each other, and then all the people who may be listening to this episode, who, through all the work you all are doing, find new partners to walk mm -hmm. with in all sorts of different ways. Pretty awesome. It 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 uh it does some. It makes me fairly speechless, which is probably a sign to end the episode. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again so <laughs> Thank much for having me. Thank you for coming over and doing a pandemic podcast from across <laughs> the front yard. <laughs> nice. Thanks for having me. It's so great. much love for you and all the people who you've connected with and the 92-year-old woman Let me in mention Sri that Lanka. I did, on our website, I tried to put all the people that I just talked about, the things oh, nice. that they're doing. Oh, so good. you can find out. You can go oh, straight to their website Good, good, good. Uh, under a ventures tab on our website. So Good. Oh, my word. My friends, see what I mean? That was an episode. Grace and peace to all of you.